1: which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today... The jobs
2: report tomorrow in the U.S. may set the tone for the Fed's policy meeting in November. We get September employment date at 830 in the morning Wall Street time. Let's get a preview here from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. It's not what the Fed does or to a lesser extent what it says. It's how the market reacts to the September payrolls report that will matter. Bond yields have leaped upwards in the past few weeks, tightening financial conditions and raising recession worries. The Bloomberg economists' consensus forecast calls for slower job growth, but Wall Street's whisper numbers suggest traders are positioned for a strong payrolls report. It may be a classic case of good news being bad news for the markets and a Fed trying to slow labor demand to keep inflation in check. Michael McKee, Bloomberg News.
1: And that takes us to the latest Fed speak today. We heard from the head of the San Francisco Fed, Mary Daly. She said the Fed could hold rates steady. Here's the caveat. If the labor market and inflation both cool or if financial conditions remain tight. Here is Daly speaking earlier with Bloomberg.
3: The bond market has tightened quite considerably over about
4: 36 basis points since we met in September. Well, that is equivalent to about a rate hike, right? And so then the need to do tightening additionally is not there.
1: Mary Daly, there. She is the head of the San Francisco Fed. We also heard today from the head of the Richmond Fed, Tom Barkin. He was saying surging treasury yields reflect strong economic data as well as heavy supply from the U.S. Treasury. Barkin went on to say he sees a narrow path to a soft landing, one that will avoid a recession, right? Well, U.S. banks have raised their economic growth
2: forecasts for China. Let's get the story from Bloomberg's Ann Cates.
3: J.P. Morgan Chase strategists say recent data suggests the economic slowdown in China since April has likely bottomed and a turnaround is underway. And that trend, coupled with additional policy support, means China is on track to meet the upgraded 5% target for its gross domestic product. Citigroup is also boosting its GDP projection for China to 5%. Still, economists have pointed to concerns about consumer confidence because of a weak job market and the financial troubles of property developers. In Washington, Ann Kate's Bloomberg Radio.
1: Elon Musk is being pressed to testify before the Securities and Exchange Commission about his stock sales ahead of Mr. Musk's purchase of Twitter. Here's Bloomberg's Tom Giles.
0: The things that they're looking into in particular, um, he tweeted back in May of that year about how the deal cannot move forward um, this all came out in the middle of last year um, it was basically the things that he said publicly about the deal the sec is wondering whether those things were on the up and up
1: bloomberg's tom giles there now attorneys for mr musk are saying their client has testified numerous times and they added quote enough is enough brian well, we move next to the fraud trial of FTX founder
2: Sam Bankman-Fried. Co-founder Gary Wong took the stand today and provided some damning testimony to the court. We get more here from Bloomberg's Ava Benny Morrison.
3: He walked into the court. He didn't make eye contact with Sam. He sat um, in the witness box and uh, was speaking very quickly. You could tell he was a little bit nervous, um, sort of you know, reciting everything that happened at FTX in front of a courtroom full of people. Uh, He said that, yes, he committed a financial crime with Bankman Freed. He altered the code that allowed Alameda to borrow um, billions of dollars from FTX
2: That's Bloomberg's Ava Benny Morrison. We also heard from another of Bankman-Fried's MIT classmates, Adam Yadidia. He testified that Bankman-Fried privately expressed concern about a potential $8 billion shortfall at FTX. Bankman-Fried's lawyers, who are arguing that he made some mistakes but had no ill intent, will continue to try and undermine some of those weaknesses put forward in court. Well, let's take a closer look at the uh, backdrop here to markets because we're heading into uh, the weekend, last final or the final day of the trading week here in Asia. I would say, Doug, that we um, have got more Fed speak out there, which you mentioned, uh, talking about market rates doing some of the Fed's job. We have seen uh, rates down and now we have oil down quite significantly, XLE down 10 percent in a week. Uh, that's sort of like giving the. The peace sign. For the markets.
1: <laughs> yeah, so far this week, WTI, and I'm talking four trading days here. WTI is down more than nine percent. To your point, Brian, and we were talking short while ago about the fact that uh, WTI today in New York trading broke below that 50-day moving average for the first time since July. So the big question is whether or not this downward path for oil will be sustained. But you're right too to point out the fact that the Fed was kind of alluding to the fact that the market has done some heavy lifting for the Fed. Mary Daly today, the head of the San Francisco Fed, we talked about this story a short while ago. She was saying that the recent push higher in bond yields has been equivalent to about um, one rate hike from the Fed. So I'm going to assume that's about 25 basis points. And we got some fresh data today from the Investment Company Institute. Money market funds now at a fresh record high. We're seeing a lot of money move in about $64.1 billion into U.S. money market funds in the week ended yesterday, given the spike in market rates. Yeah, and we mentioned that the jobs report will set the tone. Uh, I think also
2: the CPI ne- uh, next week will be very important. So it'll be a little bit of a of a one-two punch. A couple of other stories we'll get to. China's aggression pushing other countries closer to the United States. Uh, that's from the Pentagon's number two, Kathleen Hicks, a story that Ed will be taking a look at. And also, this was sort of interesting. Even China's closest supporters in Taiwan are turning wary. This is an interesting piece on the terminal about jinmen a very small island that's just a mile and a half off the coast of china which is uh, part of taiwan and then as we mentioned as well jp morgan and city raising their growth estimates on china so a lot coming forward here on bloomberg daybreak asia now it's time for global news U.S. President Joe Biden saying that the southern border wall will be built. Ed Baxter with that story and the news in San Francisco, Ed.
0: Yeah, that's right, Brian. Not all of it, but uh, more of it anyway. President Homeland National Security meeting today saying he is cornered.
4: Border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriated.
0: And Bloomberg's Ryan Teague Beckworth says, uh, although some environmental concern will be waived, this was not expected. It's
3: definitely not something that you would expect because he had explicitly promised, and I quote him directly, quote, not one foot, uh, unquote, of border wall would be constructed if he were elected.
0: But Ryan says the president says he had to use the money for that purpose. Asked whether uh, the president, asked whether he would, he thought it would stop migration. He said flatly, No. High-level meeting on migration U.S. today between Homeland Security, Department of Justice, State Department, and Mexican authorities. Homeland Secretary Alejandro
1: Mayorkas. Today's high-level security dialogue is the first to include migration as part of its agenda, an essential component of our national And regional security
0: meeting in Mexico City. Russian President Vladimir Putin saying pieces of grenade were found in the bodies of Wagner's founder Yevgeny Prigozhin and other mercenary leaders who died in the plane crash. Putin hinted Prigozhin had been a drug user. Putin says no evidence of external impact on the aircraft. He says, unfortunately, they didn't test for alcohol or narcotics in the blood of those who died. And Putin also said today that Russia may revoke the ban on nuclear weapons tests, complaining about U.S. failure to ratify a treaty that imposed the ban. The wrangling for House Speaker is on. Both Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise looking for support. Congress is out of session until Tuesday. We'll caucus then. And some added spice. Bloomberg's Laura. Davison's Balance on Balance of Power today with Joe Matthew and Anne Marie Hordern reports Donald Trump says he will be there.
3: You know, obviously, Trump uh, is famous for, you know, making a decision and then unmaking that decision sure. or, uh, you know, calling an audible at the last moment. Mm-hmm. But if House Republicans change their rules and there's a several House Republicans calling it, yes, that he right. could be speaker, which would really throw a whole wrench <laughs> uh, not only into House politics, but 2024. Didn't you just as see well. him
1: in the speaker's roster with the gavel. He'd love that. <laughs> Joe, uh,
0: almost back to reality TV. huh? Uh, most pointed attack yet on the case against Donald Trump for subversion surrounding Trump efforts to interfere with the 2020 election. Trump attorneys have asked the judge dismissed the case as a whole. They argue he's immune from prosecution for actions they say were taken as his official role as president. And U.S. Pentagon says China's growing assertiveness in Asia is pushing other countries to strike new partnerships with the U.S. Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks points to new agreements with the Philippines, enhanced cooperation with Japan and South Korea, also points to the AUKUS alliance with the UK and Australia. Global news powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
3: provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L dot com.
4: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
3: This is
2: Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong alongside Rashad Salamat. And our guest is Ryan Belanger, who's managing principal and founder of Claro Advisors. Ryan, thanks very much for joining us. So we mentioned that we had a fairly big drop in bond yields uh, from one point to the next on the 10-year, as much as 17 basis points or so, and also roughly a 10% drop in oil prices. Is that enough to put soft landing back into the conversation?
4: You know, I, I don't think it is. I mean, I think it's a nice pr- reprieve. People can uh, breathe a sigh of, uh, of relief for, for a little bit here, but we've just got a lot of data coming out soon that I think is going to just continue to, to reflect uh, weakness in the economy and, um, you know, in particular, the, the payroll data that we kind of got a sneak peek at uh, with the ADP report. I just think it's going to be difficult to get the soft lending done. I I, I do think we should give the Fed you know a lot of credit so far they've got they've gotten it to a pretty a pretty good spot i just think it's probably more likely than not that they they over tighten and um and you know that's better than the alternative Ryan, don't they need to over tighten don't they need to put the
2: economy into a recession in order for their medicine to work
4: yeah i totally agree and i think comes that uh, you know a, a probably a, a decent recession nothing severe but you know recessions are just part of the economic cycle and i think that'll play itself out. But you're starting to see, you know, uh, a a fair amount of cracks in the system. Most of the leading economic indicators have um, have turned negative uh, for a substantial period of months. And I just think the one of the, you know, things that happens with rising interest rates is a lot of refinancing costs are coming to, to to home to roost. I mean, next year, the commercial real estate market alone has almost 1 trillion of assets that need to be refinanced.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, and, right. um, I see. Yeah, sorry. I just want to just carry on the same theme uh, about a recession, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because you know it's a horrible thing to say, but but does America need a recession? Uh, given that you know they've uh, the central bank, not just of course the Fed, but uh, has uh, essentially been masking uh, the economic and business cycle with their actions in monetary policy uh, to stop, of course, what had the worst of the GFC, and also ever since then with the free money aspect that. Uh, Maybe the economy needs some kind of a cleansing effect.
4: I, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of that. I mean, I think uh, if nothing else, it'll get the the decision makers in Washington to get on a better fiscal path, which I think is you know something that really needed to be talked about more, and and I think will be um, as especially as we get you know into a recession. It's just you know we have a we have a spending problem, and we're spending a considerable amount of our uh, GDP on entitlements and um, and interest costs. I mean, we're going to spend probably close to to ten, eleven percent of our federal revenues on yeah. interest payments alone. Yeah, and And yeah. um, okay. other AAA rated companies spend one percent. So yep. we just we got to we got to figure that out.
2: Let me raise an interesting scenario, though. You, you get a recession. In other words, you get two quarters of negative growth, but you don't really lose that many jobs. You know, usually you do. But if we don't this time, and that might be the case because we see that companies are reluctant to lay people off, does that make it okay? Does that sort of re- bring back the soft scenario thinking?
4: It could. I mean, anything's possible. I, I just think... Um uh, you know, typically recessions are a little bit more, uh, severe than just that. I mean, I think we've only had two or three soft landings, um, you know, in the last 70 years and none of those involved the the scenario that we have now. So I'm just thinking, uh, you know, it's more likely than not. Um, but it is possible. And I do think the feds done a a really good job so far. I just think there's a lot coming down the road that people should be focused on as it relates to their portfolios.
2: So if you bring the hard landing into the picture, uh, since you've already had a pullback in stocks, uh, what does a hard landing mean for the stock market?
4: Well, you know, I think we've had, a uh, you know, the last six weeks or so have been a pullback. But if you zoom out a little bit more than that, you've got equities still trading uh, at above historical market PE. So they're still kind of expensive historically. I mean, if you go back to look at the 2008 recession, we traded at the uh, 10, 12 multiple uh, on earnings, uh, we're still at, you know, 18, 17, 18 on the S&P. So I think there's a meaningful pullback that could happen in certain sectors. I mean, if you look at the, the median stock in the S&P this year, it's flat. You know, most companies are flatter down. It's just a it's a handful of companies, as, as we've all been telling people and reading about that have been driving this performance. So yeah. I think that'll, you know, those gains, you um, will come back. And I think people just have to adjust their portfolios accordingly.
2: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall
1: Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcast.
2: You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco.
1: Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130.
2: Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com.
1: I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.
3: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Steeple. Financial advisors, let's face it if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com.
4: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.